Christmas. Ba ba da ba 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 da ba. Happy Christmas. Woohoo! Greetings, holiday shoppers. It is now only 143 shopping days until Christmas Day, and I believe you know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, your one-stop shop for holiday movies and TV shows all year round. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I will be your co-host for this evening. Here with me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Five, the human robot. John, what's going on? Uh, Not a whole damn lot. Uh, We kind of sort of missed Christmas in July, Um, and I don't know that... Eh, it's fine. I don't know. I always associate Christmas in July as being like something you do on July 25th. And just like with regular Christmas season, people have stretched that out to being, oh, it's July now. We have to celebrate Christmas in July. Wait, is this an actual thing that people do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I don't like people. <laughs> so, I mean, I... I mean, you, you, if you listen to us for any length of time, you know what we do. We don't do Christmas in July. We do July at Christmas. So uh, we have to wait a whole... We have to wait basically until Christmas to get our uh, patriotic fix in. Uh, so now that it's August, though, we can kind of skip over the whole Ju- Christmas in July thing and just get back to the show proper um, <laughs> with an episode that we've really been trying to do for a, at least a couple of years at this point and now seemed like a pretty good time to do it. Uh, this is a stocking stuffer um, where we discuss a Christmas episode of a particular TV show. And since you're listening to this podcast and you can you know, see the title of the episode, you know what we're doing. Uh, we're talking about the Batman animated series episode Christmas with the Joker tonight, uh, which was the second produced episode, but it aired way deep in the, the run of the show, like for I think 38th or 40th. Because of the way this show was produced, like they ran it on like daytime TV, like in, in like the 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 WB like cartoon block. So a new episode would would air every day, basically for uh, a couple of months until they ran out of episodes. Yeah, I'm looking at the list of original air dates, and it just doesn't make any sense. It, it really doesn't. <laughs> and then when you look at the 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 list of the episodes as they appear on like the DVDs, it's just nonsensical so for all intents and purposes this was basically our introduction to the joker except not really because by the time they aired this episode he had appeared like five or six times by that point um but i think this is as good an introduction to the the character of the joker as you're ever gonna get and one thing that i like about the batman animated series is that it doesn't really waste a whole lot of time on stuff like origin stories and uh, introductions and things it just yeah. jumps straight into it refreshingly it assumes that you know who the hell batman is <laughs> for once finally the batman cartoon like everything else in the batman sort of oeuvre eventually does get around to discussing like where batman came from and why bruce wayne became batman but you know it just assumes you know what batman is because you're watching a batman show and so here we are talking about uh, the Christmas episode. This is the first of two Christmas episodes that this show produced. The second one came way later in the third season, which is technically still part of the same show, but was a completely different like production like three or four years after the, fir- the main show ended. So 
you you know you could consider this the only Batman Christmas episode, or you could say, eh, this is the first of two. Whichever, we'll get to that one uh, holiday nights at some other point. So, John, are, are you familiar with this episode at all? Is this one you've been? Oh, yeah, oh, I've seen this plenty of times back in the proverbial day. the The thing that surprised me was I had a vague recollection of. Batman the Animated Series, starting out with just Batman and then introducing Robin with, like, an intro episode about halfway through. But that's obviously not the case. Robin's just there. Yeah, like, they always intended for Robin to be in the show. But see, I don't know, because now that we're looking at the the production, you know, release order, I don't know if that was the case or not. That, um, that really muddies the water. Well, when I'm looking at the list, there are a couple of episodes that... Um, have flashbacks to robin's origin story but that's all they do looking at the list of episodes and then just doing a control f on robin <laughs> his name pops up a few times early on but then yeah they 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 do start to integrate him later on much more into the series but this is like oh yeah robin's been a part of the show since the beginning basically um yeah so the plot of this episode is uh very straightforward, very basic. Essentially, it's Christmas Eve in Gotham City, and Robin wants to stay in and have a nice Christmas dinner, uh, but Batman is not so sure that the Joker isn't going to try and start something, because the Joker, in the very first scene, is seen fleeing Arkham uh, Asylum, escaping on a giant rocket Christmas tree as he sings, uh, famously, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Uh, so Robin and Batman make a deal. If they go out and they patrol the city and find nothing, they will go back, have a nice Christmas dinner, and watch It's a Wonderful Life, which Bruce, as it turns out, has never seen. As they sit down to watch It's a Wonderful Life, having patrolled the city and found nothing, uh, instead they discover that the Joker has hijacked uh, Gotham's airwaves and is threatening to kill uh Commissioner Gordon and Har- Harvey Bullock and uh, a third character, I believe it's uh, Barbara Gordon, unless Batman can find them and uh, rescue them before uh, midnight tonight, as it were. Uh, so Batman and Robin have to then run out and solve some of the, the Joker's riddles and uh, foil some of his plots, and in doing so... Uh, defeat the Joker and can go home to have a lovely Merry Christmas. I just ran through the plot in in very a very short time, but uh, I don't know. This is a this is an interesting episode though for a, a couple of reasons. Um, John, you, you you told me earlier you had a few questions about this episode. Yeah, it might just be like just failing memory um, as I just uh, slip into dementia, I guess. <laughs> the first one was being, I didn't realize that Robin showed up at the beginning of the episode, or beginning of the series, I mean. I thought he was introduced later on, and that was part of the impetus of the change from Batman the main series to the adventures of Batman and Robin. But no, that was more just like a Slimer and the real Ghostbusters type of change, I guess. Yeah, I think it became the adventures of Batman and Robin in the second season, but Robin was always there. Oh, according to Wikipedia, we are a little wrong. That was not uh, the the... the female captive that we both i think assumed was just uh barbara gordon was in fact summer gleason which is a character oh. invented for the tv show oh the reporter character okay that well that makes sense but uh yeah i just assumed it was barbara gordon 
Yeah, because why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Well, and then the Joker refers to them as as the what he call, he refers to them as the lawful family or yeah. the law family. So I just assumed it was Barbara Gordon. Yeah, um, same here. Well, oh well. I mean, at first I kind of just assumed it was Renee, Renee Montoya. I was like, no, she actually has dark hair. <laughs> and then Bullock, of course, you can't mistake Bullock. Yeah. Um. So the other thing about this episode that I wanted to touch on was the fact that the Joker sings, uh, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Which I had asked you off, you know, before the show, if this was the originator of that sort of parody tune, because I remember that very well from my childhood, singing and, that song. And yeah, my response was no. It is at least as old as the first episode of The Simpsons. Right. Yeah, because because Bart does sing that at some at one point in the in the episode, because you know he's Bart Simpson. So then, of course, we had to go go online and do some research. And thankfully, uh, other people have done that research for us, so we don't have to dig too deeply. But we can at least present you with uh, their findings. Uh, and there is a, a great uh, there's a sentence I never thought I would say. There's a great cracked article about this. It must be at least ten years old if it's a cracked article that's actually worth reading. That's true, yeah. But uh, I think it's from uh, Robert Evans, who who did his due diligence and actually went and, oh, yeah. and uh, did some some light research. And what the answer he came up with was basically that this song, uh, "Jingle Bells, Batman Smells," was popularized by the '60s TV show, basically because kids who were watching the '60s TV show liked to also sing parody lyrics to Jingle Bells, and uh, once the two met, and then army brats from the California area started being shipped overseas and around the country, it just sort of permeated the culture the way a lot of 1960s shit tends to do. On that note, I wonder if army brats uh, mingling around the country is what made the cool S spread as well. <laughs> That's entirely possible. The, the cool S I always associated with like the, the logo of a local a local college, and I never thought that was anything more than a local thing until I found out that kids across the country also do did that. Yeah, a lot of people claim it's like an old logo for like a skateboarding slash clothing company called Stussy, but it's not quite the same. But it seems to come from that same general like Dogtown type culture, though. So California Army Rats could easily be the explanation for it. California army brats are apparently the answer to a lot of the 60s cultural pro uh, problems and or questions. Uh, including Batman, as it turns out. Uh, so th that answers that, because like I, I remember as a kid hearing this song on this show and it blowing my mind because like, oh man... I remember, you know, like a kids. I remember hearing kids sing this, of course, and and then all of a sudden, here it is on a TV show. So either the people people who made the TV show heard kids singing that, I I would think, you know, or uh, they made it up and kids copied it. I didn't know the difference, so I'm glad that we now at least know kind of where it comes from. And apparently, the answer is the '60s. Yeah, like so, so much probably of the, one of the writers remembering it from his childhood. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so much of the crap from the 60s that's still around, uh, <laughs> Jingle Bells, Batman Smells will never go away. So the other part of this episode, I guess, that is worth discussing is Batman's relationship with It's a Wonderful Life. Why does Batman sound like Hulk Hogan? 
maybe it's just because we just watched these two things sequentially, but all I could hear in Batman's voice was Hulk Ho- the voice Hulk Hogan's doing in Santa with muscles. Like Hulk Hogan's regular human voice? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess Terry Bollea and Kevin Conroy have similar uh, intonations, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's one of those like early season like voice. Every, pretty much every animated series has it. The, the early seasons, the voice sounds really weird. Like the early season, of The Simpsons, where Castellano is basically doing a Walter Matthau voice for Homer before he sells into the groove, and yeah, how Tommy Pickle sounds absolutely terrible during the first couple episodes of Rugrats. And and even here, the Mark Hamill Joker doesn't quite sound like the Mark Hamill Joker yet. Yeah. Like, it, it took him a little while to get into that groove, but once he did it, like, it's unmistakable. Yeah, I do have to give Animated Series, it, it, this show's a lot better than it really has any right to be. Like, I remember before rewatching it, thinking like, oh yeah, that show was actually, like, pretty good for a show, not just pretty good for a cartoon. And in retrospect, mm. it's pretty good for a cartoon. I'll say that. It's not as, like, Jesus, this is some just absolute kid crap, as a lot of cartoons are watching in retrospect. It's it's not quite. It's it's not quite deep. It's not quite deep television either. Yeah, it, it's it's good for a cartoon. I guess is the way to, is the way to put it. Oh yeah, like it it takes it takes like the Batman mythos or whatever seriously enough while still having fun with it. I do really like the version of the Joker the animated series presents is probably my favorite version of the Joker. Because he rides that line between, like, um, he's just a very, like, clownish, silly psychopath, rather than just being, you know, just, like, uh, it's a guy who shouts a lot of puns, like in the 66 series, which, obviously, that was meant to be a joke, you know, versus, like, just a literal rapist, like he is in most of the gritty, dark, like, uh, what's the 300 dude's name? The bullshit he makes? Yeah, that dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, this is also, like, I think this version of Batman is kind of the one that I, I prefer as well. Just because it's, like you said, it, it takes it seriously enough, but it also is is also jokey and lighthearted enough to not get so dour and depressing and, and realistic the way that, like, the, the Nolan Batmans became. Yeah. Be- because like in this this is like the second episode of the series and you're getting Batman and Robin going up against giant toy soldiers and and weird joker mannequins that shoot you know machine guns out of their fingers and it's just weird cartoony stuff that you 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 just cannot do in a live action movie. Uh or you can try and you will fail. Uh Joe Joel Schumacher found that out pretty well. But uh I think this kind of finds that right blend of like comic booky weirdness with like real sort of detective noir kind of kind of a feel, uh, especially with the way they produce the show. Like, like uh, they famously, I know, uh, used like black construction paper to do a lot of this animation, which kind of brings out the highlights in in the the shadows of all of the stuff that they do, and it makes it just seem that much more. I guess, uh, I mean, I, saying darker is, is is obvious, but it makes it seem that much more, I guess, real. It, it, it lends the show a little bit of a reality where otherwise it wouldn't be. 
But um, yeah, there was there's there there was some craft put into the show that really didn't need to be for a children's afternoon TV show. Yeah, and I think the best the best thing that this show ever did was I mean the best thing that this show produced was just the fact that this show ran long enough that they spent spun it off into other shows like the Superman cartoon is is you know arguably just as good. Uh, I never really watched much of the Justice League cartoons that came after, but supposedly those are just as good. Batman Beyond is a lot of fun too. Um, so this, like the whole world that they built out of just this one show, is kind of, is very very impressive. And uh, it kind of bums me out that there's only two Christmas episodes worth talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I'd say this episode is or this series is probably an early kind of progenitor of the idea that you don't have to talk down to kids. Because oh, yeah, a lot of media re- for kids really has that problem. And it's, I think it's one of the reasons why The Phantom Menace was such a disaster. Mm-hmm. It's because Lucas, having no creative oversight on him, was just like, oh, yeah, no, we'll put in some crap for the kids. It's like, no, the kids like Star Wars. They don't need Star Wars for kids. Exactly. Like, Star, Star, Wars Wars is already for, Star Wars is already for kids. Yeah, like... Like I think this is probably rehashing a point Red Letter Media made, but like kids wanted to pretend to be Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. They didn't want to pretend to be a kid who hangs around with Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Exactly. And this episode gets it. Like Robin is incredibly competent and actually like helps Batman. He's not just he's not just there tagging along, being like a he's not basically being snarf. Yeah, yeah he's not, he's not following along back with Batman, going teach me, Batman, teach me. Like he's already a fully integrated part of that world, and it. It matters, and uh, as, enough to the point where I know later in the series they spun him off into Nightwing, and they brought in a second Robin, Tim Drake, I think. So, like, even then, they they kind of knew what they had, and they knew how to sort of build it out and progress it in yeah. a way that uh, a lot of cartoons, I guess, just don't. And, and also, I, I have to say, like, I haven't watched much of the animated like superhero stuff since this because I grew up and I just didn't but i still come back to this because i just i remember enjoying it as a kid and i still enjoy it because it's still a good show worth watching it's it stands up in a way a lot of stuff doesn't i mean some stuff from when we were the age appropriate for it it's just really writing on nostalgia like doug is not good we just like referencing doug because of nostalgia but like this i think has a little bit more to it Mm -hmm. i mean there's there's at least like the artistic cachet that it brings so you can at least appreciate it as a visual piece of storytelling rather than just like, oh, I, I like Batman, you know? And that's valid, too. You know, you can, you're allowed to like Batman, but... Eh, some eh, Batman. Some Batman. You're allowed to like some Batman. Which, yeah. uh, speaking of that, I want to ask you this one question. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think about... Do you think Bruce Wayne liked It's a Wonderful Life? That's a very good question, because... At the beginning, he said that he had always just written it off because it's just like, oh, that title's so misleading. It's like, couldn't, he's, yeah, I couldn't. He said I couldn't get past the title. <laughs> but I, then I guess now I guess we're going to have to talk about It's a Wonderful Life, which is something we kind of always dance around on the show. We never actually dedicated a whole episode to, but it's one of those things like we just kind of assume. Well, it's a Wonderful Life doesn't even dedicate a whole movie to Christmas, so. <laughs> That's true. But it's also like one of those things we just kind of assume everyone is familiar with. So we don't see much need, need reason to do a whole show about it, but maybe one day we will. So basically, at the end of the episode, uh, the Joker has been captured and sent back to Arkham, and 
the very last shot is uh, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson watching the end of It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, Dick says, you know, it was a wonderful, it, it is a wonderful life. And then Bruce Wayne goes, you know, it does have its moments as the uh, the bells are ringing at the end. And then it cuts to, you know, some some bells ringing outside of Arkham Asylum as a reference to the end of the movie. And it makes me think, like, as depressing and dark as a lot of It's a Wonderful Life is, and how a lot, and as, as so much of that movie is about sort of uh, the how a community can rally around itself and and sort of fight cap, the more capitalist urges of you know America. Do you think Bruce Wayne is is a Do you think Bruce Wayne is a Mr. Potter fan? Basically, is what I'm asking. <laughs> I want to know if Bruce Wayne. Uh, looked at George Bailey and said, fuck that guy, uh, Mr. Potter all the way. No. Well, maybe again, what is the, what the, what the fuck is that dude's name? Uh, Frank something or other? The dude who makes the bad Batman. The dude who makes the, the bad the Batman? Three, the 300 asshole. Zack Snyder? No, the, the 300 comic asshole. Oh, Frank Miller. Yes. Frank Miller's Batman is definitely 100% a Potter fan. <laughs> but I think anybody who's not already just an asshole writing Batman gives him a little bit more nuance. Because Batman is a very hard character in a lot of ways to write, in my opinion, because it's just a rich guy who beats people up with the power of how rich he is. Exactly. And that That's a hard thing to sell, but... I mean, and also, also, in the world of Batman, a lot of the villains are villains because of things that Bruce Wayne, the rich asshole, has done to them. And a lot of those characters are just kind of uh, not symptoms, but reactions to things that you know. Yeah, they're they're the wealthy class in Gotham has already been. Yeah, doing. they're they're the they're the effect where the cause is Gotham's upper class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you've got Bruce Wayne, who is you know painted as the the billionaire playboy who uh, is extremely selfish and does nothing does quote unquote nothing for Gotham City. I don't know. This is a this is a tough. Obviously, you look at a, a character like Mister Potter in It's a Wonderful Life, and you, you cannot help but hate this man because he's just so outwardly hateful. But there's something about him, and there's something about Bruce Wayne that I feel like they would be at some point on the same page. And if George Bailey were a character in a Batman cartoon, he would be an extremely silly villain with his pockets turned out. I don't know. Maybe I'm so just making all this up. he's the ventriloquist? Yeah, he's the ventriloquist. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's already doing a goofy voice just by the fact that he's Jimmy Stewart, so. <laughs> it's true. I was running it's through true. all of the Franks I could think about. I was like, Frank Welker? No, it's not Frank Welker. Frank White? No, Frank White played for the Royals. I, I just couldn't think of which Frank was the asshole who made the bad Batman. Yeah, it's Frank Miller. Frank Miller, who has has grown and turned into a walking Batman goon. Like, if you've seen pictures of him lately, he just, like, dresses all in black and he looks like he's melting. That's the Frank Miller I know. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to look. <laughs> yeah, don't look. The, uh, no, I, I'll, I'll say this. One of my favorite pictures on the entire internet, it's from, I think it's from the release... Like the the red carpet release of Sin City two, or or one of those movies, where it's like 
It's like Robert Red. No, no. It's Mickey Rourke and Danny Trejo, and they're smiling like assholes because, hey, they're big Hollywood stars at a movie premiere. And then right next to them is Frank Miller, who looks like, A, he's melting, and B, he'd rather be literally anywhere else. It's my favorite picture on the entire internet. Oh, boy. But whatever. Uh, so, yeah. I, I Maybe I'm off base, say, comparing Bruce Wayne to Mr. Potter. Uh, but you know, if, if you've got an, an opinion about that, you know, you can add us at Christmas creeps on Twitter and tell me all about it. Uh, I welcome it actually. Yeah. I uh, would say so- when, when Batman's written well, um, which is not as often as it should be, Bruce Wayne is pretty much just like a well-intentioned, but airheaded rich idiot pretty much. Mm-hmm. He, he knows enough to throw all his money at charitable causes, but other than right. that, he's just kind of a kind of a vacant pretty boy which is mm-hmm. a pretty good cover to be honest and it's a pretty good cover until it's not a cover anymore you know and i feel like the bruce wayne that's in this series is at least not necessarily as vacant as he has been portrayed like he yeah. at least you can tell he's putting on a on a, on a show here he's yeah, like i think the way bruce wayne was portrayed in batman begins was was pretty good mm-hmm where, yeah, where where Christian Bale kind of is playing up the the doofy billionaire, yeah. you know, trust fund kid thing, and then behind the scenes, he's actually like very self, very self conscious about himself. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, because like you said, that's that's the perfect cover. Like nobody would suspect that guy of being a, a superhero. Yeah, it's just too bad the Dark Knight was just like actually fascism is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I guess the last thing I have to ask is. You know, how, how would we rate this episode of Batman the Animated Series? Do you, is this a good Christmas episode? Would you put this on at a Christmas party? If if it was the type of thing where I was already showing a bunch of Christmas cartoons, it would fit right into the mix, no problem. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I, I like that it, it still takes the time to, to be a silly Batman cartoon. Like, one of my favorite uh, moments in this episode is when Batman and Robin finally catch up to the Joker. And the Joker just hands Batman a gift, and you think it's going to be a bomb or something, and it's just a pie in the face, and the Joker cannot stop himself from laughing at it just because. This is little because stuff like that. At the end of the day, the Joker's favorite thing is to piss off Batman. Exactly. Exactly. Not, not even really to hurt him. It's just it's just that hurting him and hurting others around him is a good way to piss him off. Yeah, it's just that humiliating Batman is fun, and on that, the Joker and I have to agree. Oh boy, yeah, I would, I would put this on, you know, at a Christmas party as well. It's, it's, it's light enough and it's goofy enough, but also it's, you know, it's Batman. It's come on. So, I do like trying to piece together how Gotham City is structured from like different Batman things, because apparently at Third and Main, there's just an abandoned toy factory in Gotham City. Oh, Lafco. <laughs> yeah, he's like Third and Main downtown. And also, also like that's the last place they they think to look for the Joker. Like how how is that not the Joker's secret hideout? You know, yeah, it's a it's a giant factory with a Joker face on it. Give me a break, Batman. Yeah, it's like it's like well, we check the clown college, we check the abandoned amusement park. Let's check the abandoned clown factory. <laughs> Whoa, who knew? <laughs> Isn't there another episode where Joker is posted up in an abandoned amusement park? Yeah, that's uh, Mask of the Phantasm. 
because I'm remembering the Adventures of Batman and Robin SNES game where the first level is this episode, but at an amusement park as well, because you go I'm... from fighting the Nutcrackers to then you're on a roller coaster. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure the amusement park stuff is from the uh, animated series movie, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, I've beaten that entire game except for level two. It's actually kind of insane. Because one time when I rented it, someone put a uh, the code for level three in it, and I couldn't beat like the end of level two where you fight Poison Ivy's giant plant. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. But then when I skipped to level three, I beat the game after that. It was just level two I wasn't able to beat. <laughs> I have never actually played that game because uh, it's it's become extremely expensive for some reason. Uh, that that's why you just go on the internet and download it. I guess. I guess so. Since we're talking about video game chat, I do want to say that the the Batman Arkham series, I think mm-hmm. probably because it specifically decided that their starting point was going to be the animated series, I think that might be why it actually worked, in my opinion. That's yeah, that's a, a good uh, that's a good point because like we still you get a lot of the voice cast coming back like Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and and uh, at least those two. I know Tara Strong. I think is no Tara Strong's not the. Uh, Harley Quinn in that one, is she? It's, it's Arlene Sorkin. Arlene Sorkin. Yeah, duh. Okay, I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, But yeah, they got most of the major, if not all of the major ones back for the voices. Right, um, right. And again, they, they kind of found that nice little balance of seriousness with reality, with Batman nonsense. Because it's it's hard to like unbullshit Batman to be honest. Because there are characters with names like Humphrey Dumpfler and Edward Nigma. Yeah, and exactly. there's only so much you can do. And I which... I, I think the the all of that stems from I think like the two Tim Burton Batman movies are a, a, a kind of a good blueprint for all of that because they take it seriously enough, but there's just enough jokey stuff in it to yeah give it that comic edge. But then, like, you know, the later parts of Batman Returns really start to kind of turn that around and just go full on into Tim Burton's crazy yeah. train. But for the most part, like, that's that's kind of the blueprint for everything that happened after, like, the animated series, the Arkham games, uh, etc. And I, I don't know if we're ever going to get back to that because, you know... Joel Schumacher poisoned the well once, and then Christopher Nolan arguably poisoned that well again. And then Zack Snyder did it a third time. Uh, so it's it's grim, dark Batman's all the way down from this point. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Schumacher poisoned the well. Uh, Nolan was just kind of like, this well looks like a toilet to me. And then Snyder upper deck said, "Well, toilet." <laughs> oh my god, that's that's about as good an analogy as I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, Batman and Christmas seem to kind of go together in a way that nobody really explains sometimes because mm-hmm. Arkham Origins the video game is at Christmas Batman Returns is at Christmas like there's a couple of Batman Christmas episodes and it just feels like it just feels right for reasons you can't really like articulate too well and I think it just falls into that Shane Black hole of just kind of like eh, Christmas is a good style choice yeah and a lot of the Batman Christmas stuff that I've encountered has the same kind of look and feel as that I associate with like uh, with like SNL Christmas episodes, like when you see the the um, the title cards where there it's snowing at uh, Rockefeller Center, and you you kind of get the 
the downtown Manhattan kind of look and feel with with all the snow falling and the Christmas lights glowing. It's just a really great image, just the city at Christmas time. And then I think Batman, if anything, if nothing else, Batman is really good at glorifying like the city at nighttime. Yeah. And so I think just adding Christmas to that is just a no brainer. Like it now just plain works. Rockefeller Center, it makes sense. Like the the Schumacher like art direction for what Gotham City looks like. It basically just like what if the statue at Rockefeller Center was four hundred feet tall? And that that's <laughs> that's Batman Forever's uh, Gotham City. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then also the mistake they made though, and I say that as a person who actually likes Batman Forever, the mistake they made with that is that they then decided to soak it in like neon green and pink and like all these weird garish colors that just don't really work together. Like it, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't say Batman to me, like the the way that like episodes like this and then Batman Returns say Batman to me. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess what it boils down to is the best interpretation of Batman has still been this cartoon. Yeah, and you know, this isn't even like the best episode of the show, though people might argue it. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll definitely swing back around at some point and talk about Holiday Nights because I there, there's probably a little bit more to chew on with that episode because uh, that's kind of more of a uh, a vignette sort of type episode where there's like three or four different stories we can you can talk about and you get different flavors of Gotham at Christmas time. So we'll we'll get around to that at some point, but. Uh, you know, we wanted to at least bring you something now that it's August and now that Christmas in July is out of the way. So we're going to start ramping back up to the holiday season because, you know, it starts now. Uh, I, I just noticed there are the the pumpkin pie M&Ms are back in the stores. So. Speaking of which, why I I, I, I have a question, I, I guess, is the, my question going to be is Sheets just having its all of its Halloween candy out early or did they just never stop having it and I didn't notice? Because I think it's actually the latter case. You know, that wouldn't really surprise me, but I do know that they kept a lot of their uh, their Easter candy in the stores for a lot longer than they should have. So either the Easter candy didn't sell and once it sold out, that's when they put out the Christmas Halloween stuff or... They just have a they just have a really lax policy on when to put out their new candy. I, I don't know because okay, so it's it's the first week of August right now, just about yes. very early into August. And last week this time, I saw the like Reese's bat shaped things and the candy corn M and M's and stuff like that at 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 a sheets. Oh yeah, and yeah. I, I, I'm wondering, are these leftovers or are these? early birds and i could believe either way <laughs> yeah we're right at that sweet spot where it really could be either one but uh, i also know that like uh, you know i was at target earlier today and they've already they're already starting to clear out the uh the back to school stuff so they can get the ha- the halloween space ready so it's so coming it hasn't even started yet i know <laughs> the 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 creep, like- the creep is real and it's baffling <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's like when I went to Walmart on Christmas Eve one night for something, they were already putting up Valentine's Day candy. Oh, I believe it. 100%. I mean, we're on a show that talks about Christmas all year round, but like this is like offensive even to us, I think. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been doing this for like 5 years at this point. This is like our 5th year of doing this, and every year when we get to this point in the year, August and September, we 
the cry, the cry of it's too early is always the same. And it's like, you know, nobody cares. Everybody just keeps going crazy with it. And I feel like at some point we're going to start seeing Halloween shit butt up against the 4th of July. It's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I'll just go ahead and make a proclamation here. Hey, everybody, if you're the type of person that's left your how, your Christmas decorations up until July and now it's August, you can go ahead and keep them up. I mean, you're just going to put them back up in a couple of months anyway. Yeah, don't hurt yourselves. Just, just You're just making more work for yourselves by doing that. There is on on uh, the one highway that you and I drive to work in the morning or back to forth because we go opposite directions. Uh, there is a Christmas tree that has been sitting on the side of the road for at least a month. And I keep looking at it as I'm going to work and thinking, that's a bad omen, isn't it? When it showed up in, you know, the beginning of July and it's still there. That's bad news. <laughs> it's an omen for something. I'll give it that. It's an omen for something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <sighs> it makes it makes me extremely uncomfortable because like I, I feel like it's I feel like it's targeting me directly. Someone's trying to curse me, and I don't appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's August now. We've got we've definitely got plans for the upcoming uh, uh, Halloween season, and I feel like we're gonna need to uh, get Brad in the horror mood here shortly, which is gonna take some real doing. It's gonna take some real doing to get Brad on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> ain't that the truth? Uh, but uh, yeah. So if you have any questions or comments or want to recommend uh, TV episodes for us to cover on this show, you can send those to us at Christmas Creeps on Twitter or email them to us at xmascreeps at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please leave, be so kind as to leave us a rating and a star review on things like uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, or Stitcher, or... Uh, what else are we on? Uh, Google Play or wherever you get your podcast, you know, leave us a starting and review. Let people know that we are a show worth listening to and that you recommend uh, as we ramp up for holiday season 2019. Uh, so that's a that's going to be about it for Christmas Creeps this week. We, uh, we had some fun for twice as long as this episode went on for. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. Oh, well, but. You know that's okay. We, we it's been a while since we've, we've since we've talked to you, so I think we've made up for lost time. Uh, but we will be back uh, as soon as humanly possible with another episode. Uh, do we want to tease anything for the next episode, or do we just gonna? Are we just uh, gonna? We had a couple terrible ideas. We just throw those ideas out. I'm gonna go ahead and put my foot down right now and say that September next month on Christmas Creeps, we are putting on Vince Vonathon. We're going to be watching Four Christmases and Fred Claus, finally. It's a thing we've been kind of holding over our own heads for far too long, and it's time to just pull that off, pull that Band-Aid off. I mixed my metaphors there, and I don't apologize. Uh, I'm still uh, holding out hope that we can also do Clark's Giving this year. I am 100% all for Clark's Giving. It's going to be great, because there's a new uh, Black Christmas coming out, and I would love to be able to talk about that. And also the original. And hey, maybe the other remake as well. Who knows? We'll see. But there's plenty of stuff for us to do in the coming months. And I cannot wait to uh, foist it on an uncaring public. <laughs> That's not true. Y'all love us and you know it. Uh, so for Christmas Creeps, I am Joseph Wade. 
I am Johnny Five, the human robot. And uh, that's it, folks. Uh, happy back to school time. Happy Christmas. One horse open tree, busting out I go, laughing all the way.